What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. How you doing? Toughest decision of my life, but I'm blown away by the last 24 hours with all the nice stuff I've gotten from everybody, including bosses who I didn't think liked me. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) it's been... Mind-blowing, making it both easier and harder at the same time. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. It's Sports Yak. Welcome to episode 285 of the Sports Yak podcast. You mean the Alan Trammell episode? No idea who that is. Tigers shortstop in the Hall of Fame. Six-time All-Star. And you might say... Well, Alan Trammell didn't hit 285 home runs. Yes, you'd be correct. He only hit 183. But part of that great keystone combination with Lou Whitaker for the Tigers back in the 80s and 90s did have a career batting average of 285, and thus he is honored in today's Sports Yak dedication. He's got one of those names, too, where you look at it, it's like, are you sure it's not Trammell? No, it's Trammell, and he was a bench coach for the Cubs for a few years as well widely regarded as a good guy, the pride of Garden Grove, California. Family Broadcasting Corporation. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network, presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer, this one will be relived, Chuck Freebie. Forever! We are pleased to bring on the Yak today, a guy that I first met back in the 1980s when I was a student at Notre Dame. Then I got the chance to work with him for about, oh, 11 years or so over at WNDU. He has been the voice of Notre Dame Athletics now. For 39 years, starting at WNDU, then joining the Notre Dame Radio Network, and then working over at the university as the voice of Notre Dame basketball, but also hosting coaches' shows and doing things like that. Jack, my Twitter feed, my Facebook feed yesterday, filled with praises and plaudits for you. Well-deserved, by the way, 
because you announced your retirement after 39 years. So I have to ask you, my friend, why now? Well, it's uh, it's a tough decision. I've been doing it so long and you're in the business. It's grueling, uh, but it comes down to Marv Albert's book. I'd love to, but I have a game. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of been my life and your life, as you know, Chuck, and my lovely wife, Rhonda, the love of my life, who has given me permission to at least acknowledge that she's worked past retirement age, uh, is going to retire. And we've just decided now is the time to spend time together, to live a life. And it really came to the fore for me over Christmas. We've been thinking about it. And she was off because she had to burn some vacation time at her place. And I worked, I think, all every day over the two weeks, but uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And at that point, we kind of just said to ourselves, you know, what are we doing? I mean, I love what I work. Well, I love what I do, but takes a lot of preparation. I mean, I, I always have tried to be the duck on the surface looking like you're just gliding along, but your legs are working like crazy to make sure you can do it. Um, I admire your ability uh, Chuck, to every Friday night, go out and do a spectacular job in a high school game. I mean, I've been doing uh, reporting and pregames and sideline for the football network and obviously play-by-play forever for basketball. But, you know, I have uh, media relations staffs who hand me big pregame note uh, collections that I can look at and uh, automatic uh, chart-making systems that automatically update stats and whatnot. You have to dig that up pretty much by yourself or, you know, maybe a a helpful athletic director along the way. Uh, it just takes a lot of work. And we just thought it was time after, you know, 39 years here, I got my first paying TV job in 1980. And I was the sports director of the student radio station at Missouri before that, calling baseball, football, and basketball. It's just been a long grind. And I'm just, I'm just ready for a bit of a rest and to do the things that you just can't do when you do this, I love my job, but as you know, it is all encompassing and it just felt right. felt like the time. If you are from this area and grew up in this area, when I heard about Jack's retirement, I immediately went back to the nineties when I moved here in 91. I don't know if you had a better lineup for a sports enthusiast in this town of Jeff Jeffers, Jack Nolan, Chuck Freebie, and watching you three walk down the aisle of the radio department to do that call-in show for a while, that was the best of the best. There hasn't been a lineup like that in a long time. What do you remember about that season of life, the three-headed hydra that was Channel 16 Sports Department? Well, it was a whirlwind, but it was like having... excuse me, a major market sports department in a a relatively smaller market. This market continues to shrink, but it was 79 or 80 then. And it always should have been bigger because they don't count Laporte. And it it was three guys who were passionate about sports, passionate in their own knowledge, passionate that they were always right. And we didn't always agree. And we had no issues disagreeing with each other. And certainly a passionate fan base where we took calls. My favorite call from that, I mean, it was one guy, you know, you think you shouldn't be doing this, you know. (laughs) You you shouldn't say that. So I said, well, you know, sir, I've won a bunch of awards. Well, those people are stupid, too. Well, fine. That's great. (laughs) But there was one guy that called up and said, Jack, I've been watching you, and you keep saying Rocket's name wrong. It's Ismail. I said, no, it's not. It's Ismail. It's Ismail, sir. Honestly, I've checked it. It's Ismael. It's Ismael. How do you know it's Ismael? 
because I asked Rocket. Well, he's wrong. It's his name, sir. <laughs> if he tells me to pronounce it Peabody, that's what I'll do. But it was certainly, it was fun and it was emotional. I mean, at the going back again to the 80s, the Jerry Faust era, uh, then the end of Digger's tenure, and then all through everybody that replaced Lou until Brian Kelly got here. And of course, the, the show had uh, passed away by then. But it would get emotional. And, and I know it's after some of those shows, I was just exhausted. Oh, gosh, yes. With the emotion of sports folks. Got it. 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 Where did got it come from? Got it is honestly generic. It's organic. It's not something that I intended to have become a catchphrase. It became more how I became comfortable with being emotionally attached and demonstrating that to its peak to the broadcasts. I mean, you, you come out of the Missouri Journalism School and you come out, you're supposed to be... You're supposed um, to be Edward R. Murrow. You're supposed to be, you know, you're Mr. To be Objectivity. Yeah, you're not supposed to take sides. I mean, in a number of things, I, know, I was here for two or three years and George Kelly, the legendary Notre Dame assistant coach, once asked me, why don't you ever come by the office? I mean, of course, Jeff was over there all the time. I didn't even know it at the time. Well, I'm not supposed to get too close. He goes, you're part of us. Besides, how are you going to get background? So that's one step. But still on the air, you know, you got to be objective. You're still, and they, and even, you know, Mike Collins would remind you of this. You work for a news organization. So you can't be too over the top. And, and WNU was a news organization. I think and walk that line well. So I always tried to be relatively objective and still exciting but I gradually transferred in that through the 80s when I did it on radio for WNDU. Uh, and then I did TV up until they joined the Big East for WNDU. And then, of course, I was with Jack Laurie for a number of years until I, I took back over play-by-play -play in 06. But I just, you know, got to the point more and more where I got to the point where I could explain. I've always said that I was subjectively objective. I'm always going to tell you the truth. But... I want Notre Dame to win, and I'm not going to hide this anymore. These are my friends. Uh, I'm part of this organization. I will say that the other team made a spectacular play, but I want us to win. And as I went through that process, I always said, got it. My catchphrase coming here was bang from Johnny Most. Sure. Have a kick, shoot it, man. And when I was in college, I used to do the games for the uh, student station, and Bob Costas did them for Camo X right next to me. We both said bang. And one night I beat him with the bang and he kind of, he glared at me and pointed his finger. Bob to this day is a good dude, but bang wasn't mine. So I stopped using that and I just didn't have one, but I just started saying, got it. And what got it became a catchphrase because the emotion behind it started getting louder and louder and louder. And on that piece, they somehow got Rinaldi to do that they posted yesterday uh, that, yeah, it did make me cry. And I emailed Tom and he told me it was an honor. And Tom's still humble, said, you know, that, that I and you, Chuck, we played a big role in his career, which is uh, uh, undue flattery because he was brilliant from the time he showed up at WNDU. Precisely. But even in that TV game from the early 90s, it was, got it! Well, then it started getting louder and louder. And then I started to make it into a multiple-syllable word. <laughs> and like, got it! And... It became like goal. But for most, and, and most people, you know, people started to love it. And one of the great stories I have is then the players started to get interested. And then it started to go the other way. Hey, Jack, I listened to the game. Did they not play very well? I only counted two got -its. You know, so, so now it was like, if I didn't say got it, the basket wasn't good enough. 
Well, there was a year we played Evansville. I can't remember the year right now, but Jack Cooley was uh, our post player, our center. And Cooley gets the ball at the top of the key. He's about two feet behind the three-point line, and Evansville just backs off. So my call is Cooley gets the top of the key. They back off. They dare him to shoot. They're daring him to shoot the three. He shoots it. He makes it. Okay. Two minutes left in the game. They're up by like 30. It was a big win. Jack comes over to me at courtside. Game's still going on. He starts talking to me. And I take he goes, did I get it? Got it. And so I'm like around there. I said, yeah, you got it. Got it. And I'm like, oh, no. So I'm walking up to him because at that time, and so recently they also used my voice in the highlights they posted. I was walking up to him and he goes, oh, no, I didn't get it. Got it. Did I? I said, no, no, you didn't, but you got a much better description. It was so good. You'll get it next time. He goes, Jack, I'm the center. There's not going to be a next time. So although there was one against Syracuse when Syracuse is number one, when Martin made a three for right in front of the Notre Dame bench, and I turned yes into a 32-syllable word, and I squeaked. You know that's still there, Chuck. Every now and then, oh, the yeah. old hormones kick in, and I squeak. <laughs> Jack, you've announced your retirement. Let me ask you this. Did you do what you wanted to do? Yes, I got to do everything. I mean, it's no secret I would have liked to have finished doing football radio play-by-play too, but it didn't work out. Um, but I got to do football TV for Notre Dame in South Bend. Uh, the last time they won a championship, and I have a championship ring. That's pretty cool. And my main sport's always been, if say, why are you still here? Uh, basketball has always been my passion. They've always treated me like part of the family. And again, that, that one of the things, why are you doing this? When you sit down and think about it, if I keep doing it, what changes? What is out there for me to do now that I haven't already done? It's nothing. But what I, the one thing I haven't done is live a relatively normal life for a while. And you just can't do that in this business. I marvel Chuck and his family and his huge family and how he has managed to raise that family uh, and some of his uh, offspring facing various challenges at times in their lives that are time consuming for parents and how he continues to do all he does. I don't know. It's just remarkable. Because I have uh, to feed them, Jack. Yeah, well, <laughs> and that's the other thing. And I will, I don't want to go into too much because I'm fine now, but I had a little health hiccup a couple years ago as well. And, you know, I look to my, my friend, Jeff, my former colleague, I'm getting to do something Jeff never got to do. And maybe Jeff didn't want to do it because he was so ingrained in in sports and Notre Dame, but he never really got to kick back and relax a little bit. Uh, nothing is guaranteed for us in life. My wife, who is going to retire and is, believe it or not, she looks 20 years younger, but she's five years older. Uh, she's going to retire. And uh, because we weren't blessed with kids and because we were so committed to work, never pulled the trigger on adoption. We thought about it. Ron is adopted. So we had nothing against it. We just, we couldn't decide who was going to back off mm -hmm. because we weren't going to adopt a child and then pay someone to raise the child. If we were going to have children, we were going to raise it. And every year we put it off till the next year. Um, and then it got to the point where we just felt we were too old to do it. It'd be unfair to the child. Um, but that means that all of that college money, Chuck, we started investing in 1986. Now, no, we're not big cigars and motor cars. Won't be having caviar and private jets, but we talked to our investment guy and he said, well, the bottom line is you can do it. You don't have to work anymore. So my question to you is, why are you? We all become our parents at some point, And it's very disappointing that that's the fact, but I hate cold weather now. I just do. And, and I'm, I'm just blown away. What you've seen on social media 
It's not false modesty. I had no idea. False modesty. I had no idea that that many people liked what I did. And beyond that, the number of broadcasters who say I have helped them. Now, it's obvious I helped Jordan and I helped LaFonso because sure. um, they worked with me. But just guys like Mike Monaco and other folks who said they just watched me in Chicago, Adam Amin, the influence that I apparently had on them, it blows me away. I mean, another thing that is, I mean, Mike Bray said on the show yesterday, and I said, I don't want to talk about it. They told me I have to talk about it, <laughs> that he thinks I overprepare. And work ethic has come up a lot. And Chuck, you are, you can deny this if not, but I mean, I, I probably have always overworked. It's another reason why I'm somewhat burned out now, because I just, if I had eight hours to get ready for a game, I'd use eight. If I had 10, I'd use 10. But the people have seen that, and they say they take that into what they do now, because I think you will agree if you're completely prepared for the game, you do a better job because you're comfortable. It's like taking a test yeah. in school. If you go into that test and you know that you know everything, you're not nervous, you're confident, and you're prepared, and it it shows. Yeah. And I it think does. it's yeah. the same with a broadcast, too. If you go in and you've got everything together, it doesn't mean you know how the game is going to turn out or anything like that, but you're, you're able to follow how the game goes, and be prepared to explain why it goes that way. The last day and a half, have it, they've, it's gone from making it really hard to making it real easy to making it somewhat hard again. But I can leave now knowing that, you know what? You did a pretty good job. I think it's important that people tell you what you mean to them and tell you that they think you did a good job because – I'd hate to think that for 39 years you questioned that. If you did, then we didn't tell you enough. But you did a good job, Jack. Thanks, Chuck. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Hey, I appreciate you taking time away from all the the well-earned plaudits and praise. Again, you, you were great to work with at WNDU. You've been great to work with at Notre Dame. You've been effusive, far more effusive in your praise of me than need be or deserved, and I appreciate it. Well, Chuck, you were a pleasure to to work with the entire time, the young buck, who I still think of as the young buck, and pretty soon you'll be telling me about your first grandchild, I would imagine. Oh, one but, can only uh, hope. What Chuck helped me was, was loosen up. I was one tightly wound, serious SOB when I started in this business, and I do have a pretty snide sense of humor, and, and one of the things I think you know, people ask me, what is your key to a broadcast? I think one of them is that people don't put enough emphasis on is having fun and being entertaining and laughing, win or lose, laughing. Because if you really want people to listen to you, if you're having fun, they're going to have fun. This is fun. It might be depressing sometimes, but there's always another game. And Chuck from day one was irreverent. For a while, I thought he was the most creative person ever to get into sports casting. But I didn't watch a lot of movies at that time. And then I would watch movies occasionally or see more and more, and there would be a tagline, and I'd think, well, they stole that from Chuck. And then the little voice went, No, you're absolutely, you had it right the first time, Jack. (laughs) You had it right the first time. They did steal it from me. (laughs) Chuck stole it from them. He was a great um, repository of popular culture lines and it's he did a great job he said repository <laughs> into a into a sports cast 
but both would be accurate. Be accurate. Repository, repository and suppository <laughs> would both be accurate in this sense. Enjoy these last games you have. I know you will. Go out with a bang, my man, and just enjoy it for all it's worth. Enjoy retirement, too. There, there's no reason not to. you got a great wife to do it with. Hey, Jack, uh, let me leave you with two things. One of them is a little bit of theology. Don't block the blessing during this time. Allow people to tell you how great you are. And on behalf of the listeners of this program, and word has it, there are a couple. Can I request a got it? The pass goes up top to Caleb Mann. He sets. He shoots. Three-point on her way. Got it! <laughs> That's it. That's the yak right there. Let's get into it. It is a busy night of high school basketball on both sides, whether it be the ladies, whether it be the guys. Where do you want to start? So the guys played last night, and what a night it was. The Northern Lakes Conference is now officially a hot mess. They have three teams tied at the top with one game or two games left in conference play. Warsaw knocked off Mishawaka last night pretty handily. And they had a huge night from Judas and Fuquay. 25 points, nine rebounds. And so the Tigers knock off the front-running cavemen, and they force a tie that way. Concord also has just one loss in the conference. They had to go on the road to the Panther pit. They let a five-point lead slip away in the final part of regulation. Kate Brenner's hit a step-back three for Northwood to force overtime. But in the end, Concord prevails. Peyton Fish with 21 points to lead the way for Derek Deshaun's Minutemen. War suddenly 7-6 and six, and right there in contention for the NLC title. Concord, by the way, plays Mishawaka Saturday, and the winner of that game obviously still in the conference hunt. The loser thinks of what might have been. The NIC race is boiling down to Adams and Riley. Adams had no problem last night with Jimtown. They beat him 56-27. Terrific defensive effort by Chad Johnston's team. Adams with a huge non-conference game against Michigan City Saturday at Hathaway Shack. Those two are considered leading contenders for the South Bend sectional title. Meanwhile, Riley, also a contender for that title, struggled in the first half with South Bend Washington, was tied at 28 at the break. Alex Daniels' team comes out and plays terrific defense in the second half, and the Wildcats win at 61-39. Riley, a game behind Adams in the Northern Indiana Conference race. Those two will go head-to-head in two weeks on the 46th game of the week. That's the boys' side of high school hoops. On the girls' side, sectionals resume tonight. 46 crew were headed over to the Goshen Gymnasium for that sectional. We will have game two of the sectional tonight at 11 with Northridge and Warsaw. Warsaw won in the regular season 37-33. Lenny Krebs Tigers have held all of their opponents in the last, well, eight of their last 10 games. They have held their opponents to 33 or less, and they've won all eight of those games. So Doug Springer and Northridge have to find ways to create offense. This is a very good three-point shooting team for Northridge, one of the top ten in girls' basketball. So we'll see if they can unleash their furor from beyond the arc. Should be a lot of fun over at the Goshen Gym tonight. The only way you can watch it live, it's pay-per-view. 
IHSA is requiring that all tournament events be streamed in a pay-per-view stream this year because they're trying to make up for the lost revenue of, of fans not being able to be in the seats. Understandable. So you can plunk down your 10 bucks and watch it free or watch it on pay-per-view or you can watch it free on TV 46 tonight at 11. Also tonight over at Mishawaka, LaPorte and Michigan City renew their rivalry. That should be a good matchup. The other game at Mishawaka, by the way, is Mishawaka and Adams. The other game at Goshen, where we'll be, is Penn and Elkhart. Penn is a heavy favorite in that game. 3A, you've got uh, the Wawasee sectional has Lakeland taking on West Noble in the first game. Then it's Tippecanoe Valley and defending state champ Northwood in the second game. Uh, Valley would be favored in that second game heavily. Let's see, what else? 2A, North Judson and South Central. That's a big game. The Lady Satellites have had a terrific season, but North Judson has Lillian Frazier, one of the top scorers in all of girls' high school basketball history, over 2,000 points in her career. So that should be an interesting matchup down in Blue Jay country. And in 1A, not a lot of great matchups over the Oregon Davis sectional, but we do have Argus playing Culver tonight. That could be kind of intriguing. So if you're new to the Sports Yak podcast on episode 285, we originate from South Bend, Indiana, the south side of town. But to the north of us is my state of origin, the great state of Michigan, where there is something finally happening with sports. For months now, Governor Gretchen Whitmer has kind of gone back and forth as to whether to allow winter contact sports to be played. She came out yesterday with an edict that winter contact sports can be played as long as people are wearing masks to help try to stop the spread of COVID. Now, in some sports, it has been deemed where you don't have to wear a mask. But if you're not wearing a mask, that sport has to have available rapid testing of all the participants and athletes so that they know that they're COVID-free when they go into their sport. That sport would be wrestling. And they will have rapid testing paid for by the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services uh, available for their participants. Boys and girls basketball will be wearing masks out on the floor. Really? Yes. Have you seen this in Indiana? Culver Academy, uh, I believe has this ruling as well, where they do not allow their team to play games unless the opponent will wear a mask. I've seen it in certain college teams too. Boston University has a ruling where the opponent must wear a mask when they're playing BU. Um, I Look, I'm not a physician. I got to think if you're running up and down the floor and huffing and puffing, and it's inside your own mask, I don't see how that's healthy for you. But I understand the concern about the spread. That said, I see very few instances, if any, where there's been an on-court spread of COVID. I've yet to see that documented in any way here locally or, for that matter, nationally. 
So I've been at odds with Governor Whitmer's positions on a lot of these things. I think they're inconsistent. I think when you look at the testing data of the high school athletes who have been tested, it's something like 99.8% of them test negative for COVID. But at least the kids are going to get a chance to play. And it's a shorter season too, right? Just 14 games? Six weeks. If you played three games a week, you could get 18 games in. Okay. That would mean you'd have to play Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, or however you want to divvy it up. So it can be done, but, yeah, it's it's going to be a shortened season, and it's really going to be squeezed in. Uh, it's, it's not idyllic by any stretch of the imagination. And my personal opinion is she has played politics with this, but that's – I know there are people on the other side of the argument too. That's actually a different podcast that we're thinking about starting called Down the Aisle Yak. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, there's, there's no need for that. All right, let's get into uh, another winter sport called hockey. Well, the Blackhawks played last night, and, you know, I keep saying on here, they're playing better. They got a win over Carolina last night, a Carolina team that had won five in a row going in the United Center. Hawks skate right there with them, and Alex Dabrinkit with a pair of third-period goals to break it open. Hawks win it 6-4. The Hawks, as of February 4, are now 4-4-4. Four wins, four losses, four ties. I would not necessarily say that they are a playoff contender, maybe on the fringe, but at least you're seeing some signs of hope from this young team. I, I like Dabrinkit. He's a younger player. I like Pius Suter. They've been getting better goaltending as of late. I mean, folks, holding Carolina to four goals, that's probably about the best you can hope for. That's a really good team they've got. So, like what I'm starting to see from the Blackhawks, hopefully things will continue to go that direction. Notre Dame hockey, big game this afternoon as they take on Ohio State at the Compton Family Ice Arena. Of course, fans still cannot attend. Jeff Jackson's team not in the top 20 this year, but they have shown a proclivity for knocking off really good teams and have somehow stayed in the Big Ten race. We'll see if they can do that again tonight. They just don't have that that goaltender this year that can stand on their head and really make things happen. And scoring has still been a problem for the Irish. I mean, they've got a lot of games that are 3-2, 2-1. So it, it it puts a lot of pressure on young goaltenders to get the job done. We'll see if they can prevail tonight. And then you've got the Michiana High School Hockey League Tournament, which starts tonight. The Lakeshore St. Joe team, by the way, the number one seed in the Michiana High School Hockey League Tournament. Uh, but look out for perennial contenders like St. Joe and Penn, but that's always a fun event over at the Icebox. If you've never been, I don't, I don't know what their policy is in terms of fans attending, but uh, that's always fun to go see those playoffs because they've been playing all year. Now they've got something on the line, and they look forward to the postseason. This Sunday, it's a couple of veterans versus a new class of high-quality athletes that already has a ring on their finger. It's the Chiefs. It's the Bucks. It's the Super Bowl. It is, and it's down in Tampa. First time a team that has ever been able to play the Super Bowl in their home stadium. So Kansas City going on the road, 
giving three points to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in terms of the gambling spread. You've got Mahomes, the reigning Super Bowl champs, the Chiefs, and Andy Reid going up against Bruce Arians, coaching in his first Super Bowl, Tom Brady in his first Super Bowl with the Bucs, but his 10th overall, and Tampa Bay playing at home. Chiefs' offensive line is a little bit banged up, especially at the tackle spots. Tampa Bay has shown a very good pass rush, especially here in the postseason. Mahomes, of course, very nimble, mobile quarterback, but can he escape that constant heat coming from the Tampa Bay defense? And what will Tom Brady look like? You know, he threw those three interceptions in the NFC Championship game against Green Bay, but the Packers couldn't quite cash it in. Will he be at the top of his game in a Super Bowl as we've seen so many times? Or can the Chiefs give him some different looks or some different things that will perhaps rattle the 43-year-old Brady? There was a uh, Saturday Night Live skit that kicked off the show last week. Did you happen to see that? I did not. It was a skit called, uh, Is It Working or Will This Work? Something like that. It was one. It was the one gal who's kind of been a veteran of the... Kate McKinnon. She's on there, and she's asking different things of, what's going on here? Does this work? And her last guest in this little talk show was Tom Brady, played by the guy who played Jim from The Office. Oh, okay. And it was funny, but she did bring up something that I kind of went, that is interesting. The Bucks are not a good team previous to Tom Brady no. and Gronk showing up. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, they're a good team to the point where they're in the Super Bowl. <laughs> is it really because of one guy stepping in? That's how much a quarterback in the NFL makes the difference. Look at the Denver Broncos post-Peyton Manning. Look at the Indianapolis Colts post-Peyton Manning. Now, they had some good years with Andrew Luck, but they were never at the level they were at with Peyton Manning. So you have certain quarterbacks, no matter where they would go. Hey, the I remember when Joe Montana went from the 49ers to the Chiefs and took them to the AFC Championship game. And the Chiefs weren't anything special before Joe Montana got there. If you've got the right quarterback, and he's still functional, because we saw this back in the 70s, you know, Namath left the Jets and went to the Rams. Well, Joe Namath was so banged up, it didn't matter. Johnny Unitas left the Colts and, and went to the Chargers. He was so old and out of shape, it didn't matter. But if you've got a quarterback who's still got the goods, a.k.a. Tom Brady, he can go and make your team a Super Bowl contender. Okay. So, yeah, I, I think a lot of it is is Tom Brady. Is there a Gronk influence, too? Yeah, but this is mostly Brady. Okay. This is mostly Brady and what he is able – because he can get you in to the right play or out of the wrong play based on what he sees at the line of scrimmage. And, hey, running the right play and having a quick release, those are two of the key things that make him so so exceptional. So who are you picking? Chiefs. Chiefs. You're going with the Chiefs. Yes. Why? I like Patrick Mahomes. He's not the future. He's the now. Uh while I admire Tom Brady and his longevity 
Uh, I think it would be I think it'd be pretty great in a sports capacity that he gets another ring with another team. Uh, but I just feel like the Chiefs. We got a local guy playing, Gary Dieter. Kind of excited about yeah. that. I'm always excited about when that happens. But I I feel like the Chiefs have the the upper edge. I am rooting for the Chiefs because of Gehrig Dieter, because um, I can't stand Tom Brady. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's nothing personal. I, I think Tom Brady is a, a fine human being, and he does a lot of charitable things, but I'm just tired of seeing him win all the time. That said, where's the game being played? Tampa. Who does Tom Brady play for? Tampa. So you're asking me, to pick against a guy that has been in 10 Super Bowl or nine Super Bowls already, won six of them, and is playing on his home field. You want me to pick against that? I can't. I can't. Just can't do that. So I'm, my official pick is Brady and the Bucks over the Chiefs by five. 20. Let's go 28-23. Okay. There it is. You want to put a score on it? I don't. Okay. You know I'm the layman of the group. Yes. That's score. Okay. I don't what's a score. Yeah. Overrated, underrated. We'll you got see. A, you got a good couple of names here. This is interesting. I hope we I hope we have time to include this segment in there. It doesn't wind up on the cutting room floor. No, it's it's in. It's n- in. Okay. It's in. Britney Spears. Overrated. Overrated. Did not take you long to think of that one. Nope. You know what she is? What is she? She's a stripper with a soundtrack. Whoa! She is. When was the last time she had a legitimate radio hit? I don't know. You know, Hit Me Baby One More Time. Okay, when she showed up when she was 16. But from there on, it's it's nightclub music. And it's like there's there's nothing there. You don't reach for that. When you're, it's just, and she's, she's a, she's a basket case. But don't you know that when Miley showed up in Hollywood and a Britney song was on and a Britney song was on, she put her hands up. I mean, that's the kind of influence that Britney Spears had musically, career-wise on such young folks as Miley Cyrus back in the day. Yeah, she's overrated. Overrated. (laughs) Tom Cruise. You know what? You can't deny that the Mission Impossible movies are why we go to the movies for two hours of checking out and just having fun. Love me some Mission Impossible movies. Now, the guy missteps. The Mummy. Uh, Rock of Ages, the musical. Um, Tropic Thunder. What a dumpster fire that yeah. was. But when he hits the first Jack Reacher movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Top Gun. Top Gun. Top Gun Maverick. Right around the corner. Uh, a Few Good Men. Are you kidding me? So good. The Last Samurai. I enjoyed that. Minority Report. Uh, Jerry Maguire. Yeah. The Firm. Yeah. Days of Thunder, it's enjoyable. You know, 1990, Rain Man. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this, though. Are th- 
risky business. If you took, <laughs> if you took Tom yes. Cruise out of most of those movies, yes, and replaced him with another actor, would those movies still be just as good? Hmm. Depends on who the other actor is. I guess. Let's say it's Matt Damon. Uh no, I don't think he has the Tom Cruise charisma. Okay. Here's my argument against Tom Cruise. Okay. Tom Cruise, in every movie, plays the role of Tom Cruise. And apparently we like it. I, but that's fine, <laughs> but I don't know that he's necessarily acting. Okay. You know, it. every one of these movies should be Tom Cruise shows up and does his thing. <laughs> the Valkyrie. You know did, he's getting ready to go did, to space. Did you really think that Tom Cruise? W- did you? Well, really? that was a stretch. Yeah, that was a stretch. In the Mission Impossible movies, are you bought in that it's Tom Cruise's character, or are you just watching Tom Cruise go do this stuff? Oh, I totally believe in Ethan Hunt and his team. His team, Top Gun. Were you watching? Well, that's early on. I mean, you're yeah. now you're you know we're we're dating ourselves, but that was early on in the career. I say that's the game changer of his career. By the way, that's the one that turned the tide. Bonafide movie star. So now, are you saying? But though, he's a nut job. Are you saying though? Mm-hmm. Overrated or underrated? I think he's down the middle. I think he's down the middle. He's definitely not underrated. No. I don't, yeah, I'm not sure it's a fair segment for him because <laughs> it would be impossible. Nobody's going to sit there and say, well, no, people don't, people don't really talk about Tom Cruise. They don't appreciate him. They don't. His depth. Yeah, they don't appreciate his depth or anything. I'm going to go overrated. Of course you are. Next time you watch a Tom Cruise movie, by the way, and he's never gotten this fixed, it's going to drive you nuts, and I apologize in advance. He's got a center tooth. Yeah. You and I, like a normal human being, we're right down the middle. We got the two, the chiclets. Mm-hmm. His teeth are a little left They've of shifted. center. He's got, it's one in the middle, and it's kind of like, kind of awkward. And you'll see it now that I've put that in front of you. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. That's an impossible mission is to get that bad boy <laughs> moved over to the left a little bit. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Leave a review. Rate an episode. That's always helpful in the grand scheme of things. Now, you're on this new social media platform called, am I reading this right, Twitter. I've been known to tweet occasionally at 46 Sports. All right, I'm there at My Name is Corey. Until next time, Yak fans. Oogalooga, Alan Trammell. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. Sports Yak is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.